What's going on, y'all? Welcome to the TG3 Podcast. My name is Mark Cunningham, and today I have three of my closest friends who are actually three great husbands. Today we're going to be talking about the married life versus the single life. You know, everybody wants to, um, you know, find out a little bit of insight about what it's like to be married. These guys are young, great fathers. So without further ado, I want to introduce my friends, Jermaine Cooper, Kendall Lawrence, and Devin Walker. And Devin Walker. What's going on, fellas? Oh man, Mark, thank you for having us. Glad to be here. Oh, no yeah, thanks for having us, man. Glad glad to be here and, and share some knowledge, kick some free game to the listeners out there. Appreciate it, bro. What's going on, Dev? No, not much, man. Just just glad to be here to to speak with the people. That's what's up, yo. Appreciate y'all coming on, man. So I ain't gonna hold y'all. I know, like I said, I know y'all all fathers and stuff. Uh, so I just wanted to host y'all, you know, just to get some insight for all my my single guys out there who are, you know, either in a relationship or, you know, trying to work towards that goal. You all are fathers, and you all have children, uh, multiple children. Some of you have a child and another one on the way. So I just wanted to pick y'all brains about stuff and anything you could share to the listeners, uh, guys or the ladies, you know, is greatly appreciated. Um, so I guess I just kind of want to start off first by saying like, you know, what, how does it feel? Like, what's the difference for you? The biggest difference from being, from going from, um, you know, just a single guy and dating someone to actually being a husband. I'll start, I'll start, I guess. Um, so you say, what's the biggest difference between being single and like married? Is it kind of is your question? Yeah. So for me personally, I don't know. I was, I was, I would just, I say, I don't, I think it was kind of, kind of this, I don't know. It's somebody else want to jump in on this one. And <laughs> everybody don't answer at once. Um, I I go. Um, you know, I, I feel like for me, it, it it's um just just simply that um having to like you you're you've committed to considering um the wants and needs of another individual, um and that's something that is a part of most of the things that you do. So when you're single, you can do whatever the hell you want to do, um and you don't have to answer to anybody. But when you when you're married, like you you're not answering to your partner. Um, but in that way, like you still have to consider what they have going on. So maybe you can't just get up and go somewhere because they got something that's going on. Um, it's really, it's really making sure that, um, you know, at least from my perspective is making sure that you're not just moving the way you want to without this other person in mind. I would say, and to piggyback off of that, I would say when I think of like, single like i've been with my been with my uh wife for uh, about 10 10 years now uh and we've been married for about four so i mean that that pat that part is so like past to me we're like you know like i've always had to consider her but i feel like the biggest thing that changed for me and my relationship and marriage was children when i had a child uh that's when everything just that's when everything definitely shifted um in my opinion from my perspective I, you know, I, I totally agree, you know, with, with Devin and Kendo. Um, you know, the biggest thing, you know, kind of piggyback off of Kendo is it is the children, you know. Um, you know, they, they come first. You know, they, they come first. Uh, you have to cater their needs. You have to consider 
their feelings. Um, you know, piggyback off of Devin, you have to consider you know, your spouse's feelings and and it's a lot that goes into that, you know, and a few other topics that we're going to talk about, like money and food and temperature of the house. You know, it's just like <laughs> every little thing matters. <laughs> yeah, and I was, and um, just go ahead, Mark. Oh, no, go ahead, Groove. I was going to say also, I mean, just the biggest thing to me about like the mis- the. Like, I feel like marriage is perceived to be, like, this perfect, like, storybook thing, and it's not. And I feel like people, um, I think that's not what scares enough. a lot of people. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's what scares people from getting married. And it's like everybody's relationship is different. It's not what we, what we see on TV, and, and that's okay. And that's what we have to, is, you know, we got to figure out what works best for you and your household. I think that um, is, like, a huge component about marriage. Right. Interesting. One, so one of the things that I have, like, you know, as a single guy, one day, you know, I definitely want to have a family. But one of the things that kind of, uh, I guess, not really scares me, but one of the things I'm concerned about is, you know, I'm a loner. You know, I'm kind of like an only child and I value space. I value solitude. So how do you guys, each one of you, like, how do you deal with, you know, just constantly sharing that space and going from, you know, kind of having your own world to, you know, like, considering you know your wife every day she's just there all the time with you and then children how do you deal with that like limited space that you have now that you have a family ah man that's a great question i think it it just comes with time you know just being with that individual as you learn how to share and learn how to adapt and learn how to you know, we kind of mentioned before, consider the other person's feelings. So, you know, the time that you're with that person, you, you learn how to live with them. It's not something that's going to happen every night. You know, kind of what we Kendall was saying, you know, these books that talk about, like, there's these perfect marriages. There's no perfect marriage, you know, at all. Like, you're going to argue, you're going to bicker, you're going to fight over something small, you know, something small as she drank the last bit of orange juice and didn't tell you, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like it's going to be something wild like that, you know, but you gotta, it, 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 you know, maybe, maybe, you know, somebody else can answer that question a little bit better, but I, I think it just comes with time. Devin, you want to go or I, no, go ahead. All right. So man, this is something like that. This kind of goes back into that topic of like no per no marriage is perfect like because during this covid and being stuck in the house uh with uh my family here it was miserable i was so miserable because it's to me i'm always busy i'm usually always busy and i'm never here and then i was forced to be here and like you said i i, I like to be social when i'm at work but when i come home i just want to chill so it was like i had my little man cave but we were um it's like we were at home, so now people kept coming into my sanctuary, and that kind of got on. That kind of bothered me, like, and yeah. then I, and then that got me acting out of the norm of who I was, and and you know doing things that I see t- typical people doing. Like, okay, let me find a TV show that me and my wife want to watch. No, my, my wife's not really into movies, or she's not really into. The, we're not into the same stuff, so I feel like that kind of trying to get that, um, you know, that dynamic. Of the perfect, you know, that perfect marriage that kind of threw us for a loop, and now it's just like I, she understands I need my space, and she need her space, 
so we don't have to be up under each other all the time. Great, great point, man. I, I literally just had this conversation with my wife about that this COVID probably put a, str- a strain on a lot, a lot of marriages because of what you just said. Like because we don't, we didn't have that space to be able to be ourselves. And it doesn't have to be a lot of space, though. You know, like the little bit of time that we get to ourselves, like 10 minutes, five minutes, like that matters. And all that went away, you know, when we was forced to be at home every day. Um, I, so when you asked the question, Mark, I wanted to laugh because I'm like, uh, I'm a loner, too. Um, and there, there's, there's no corner of whatever place you live in that's safe for a loner um, when you're married and when you have kids. <laughs> Um, it, it just doesn't work out in your favor. Um, I think for me, um, I'm also not, um, I'm not really a family person. Um, um, probably why I'm okay living in Los Angeles and my family's in Ohio. Um, so, you know, being, being this way, I think for me makes, um, makes things difficult at times, um, in, in, in marriage and in just this family life. Um, but I think a large part of it, and, and um, Jermaine and Kim have alluded to it, um, is that learning because it takes time to to learn, um, you know, what you need and how you need it to to get those things that you have always had and needed in your life. But a lot of that, a lot of that, you're learning before you even get to marriage. And and at that point, when you're married and you've got kids, and it's harder to find those moments, it's it is you're really trying to um, give your partner grace so that they can have the things that they need because both of you know that there's no way you're going to get this perfectly anymore. Um, when it's just the two of you, you can, you can do that. Um, you can get that, get more of that sweet spot of, I need this time to myself or I need this time with my friends, that kind of thing. And also have that time together. Um, you add kids to it, all that goes out the window. So like my wife's perfectly cool. She knows I'm going to take this maybe hour long, um, shit in the bathroom. Um, and that's just what it is, right? Like that's, that's how I'm going to be able to get away for a moment. Or, um, sometimes like we've, we've scheduled out time where, um, I may just need to leave the house for a few hours in the morning as I'm time to myself and, and that kind of thing. Right. Just because she knows I need to feed that, that self time. Um, but that, that all comes from before we even get married, knowing that, um, knowing who we are, we're actually both loners. Um, so it's really interesting for us. Um, but we know that about each other ahead of time. So now it is all about um, giving grace so that we can find those moments um, in our everyday lives um, and also learning how to be okay with that. Um, and, and Jermaine said the best, the kids are first. So so you, you put the need to have moments to yourself second to the fact that the kids are going to be up, up your butt all the time. Um, and that's just what it is. Man, you know, I, I say... I tell them all the time, you know, when my kids wake up, man, it's like a full court press from sun up to sundown. <laughs> you know that. You know to add to this conversation, uh, you know, the the problem that I face is that I I don't know how a successful marriage works because my parents weren't married, and I and growing up, you know, in the inner city there wasn't any married couples. It was either somebody's dad was in jail, somebody's dad was, you know, uh, passed away or their mom passed away or their grandparents was married. So I, I had, I have no example at all. So I'm kind of just learning as I go. And I, um, to piggyback off of that, um, I, 
actually have a lot of examples of marriages, but like you said, they weren't the like it's not that typical, you know, happy-go-lucky marriage. I have my parents were married, my but I don't. I think I know they had a very dysfunctional uh, relationship. So, so first and foremost, I have married parents, but I, I that was I know from for a fact that that's not how a husband and a wife are supposed to act. Um, I had my my a lot of my aunts and uncles were married, but they didn't like in a sense of you could tell that they were just like there to be together. I only had one family of um, my, um, my one aunt and uncle, they were only literally together because they were like good friends and a good part, good good friends first. Like I just had a lot of examples of marriage growing up, but like only, I only know that one was uh, like genuine. That's interesting. Yeah, I didn't. Oh, I was gonna say that's interesting that both of you had like, uh, well, um, I was about to call you Kirby for real. Uh, Jermaine, you had the, you know, the perspective that, um, you know, like you didn't have an example. And Kendall, you said you did have an example of, you know, like what a marriage kind of looks like. So I guess my next question um, would be like what for you what you know, given both of your perspectives and, you know, like your backgrounds as far as like having somebody to kind of look at and say, OK, this is, you know, what a marriage is supposed to look like. And then on the other end, having someone that you don't know, like, OK, I don't I've never seen a marriage before, so I don't know what it works. What was that defining moment for you that kind of, you know, um, made you want to take that next step and say, because, you know, I know all you guys, y'all my friends, y'all all catches. But what was that defining moment that, you know, that made you say, OK, like I want to be with this one person and build a family and, you know, build a, a foundation for the future with this one person, you know, given that you have, you know, options and other ways you can go. What was the, the one defining moment that made that decision for you? Um, I don't I don't think there was one for me. Um, and um, to to Jermaine and Kendall's points, um, I my parents are still married, um, but. Uh, they didn't have, they've never had a perfect marriage. And I saw that growing up and I've learned just how imperfect their marriage was <laughs> as I become an adult um, to, to the point where I'm still wondering why the hell they're still married. But um, I think that what I've, what I've understood is that looking at them and family, like I can't, I couldn't pinpoint where any of the people in my family who are actually married or have been married um, would have found that point to say like, oh, this is what I want to do or why they would have done that. Um, I have an understanding of why my parents did it, um, which may not have been 100% the best decision, but I have that. So um, I think for me, um, where where I felt like like this was it with my wife um, was that I, I felt so immensely challenged um, by her um, to the point where um like i have no choice but to be better not for her like that's important but not for her but for myself in life right like she she has pushed me in that way um and i think that's i've i've been pushed before but i think this has felt different than other relationships that i've had and i and i've only seen prospering times from that um in this relationship so that that is that that's kind of what what sold it for me and made me feel as though, okay, this, this, this has got to be it. You know, if anybody don't know, that's, that's Dr. Devin. That's the smartest guy. 
super intelligent guy. Y'all funny, man. <laughs> super intelligent guy. We, we call him the wise one. Um, so for me, I'm gonna say that I always knew that I wanted to be married because I always wanted to be able to because I, I could like that and like like I said before, I knew my family was dysfunctional. And growing up, I just said no, I don't um I wanna make sure my kids have a good example of a husband, wife, mother, and father. And I'm still working on that. That's definitely have my imperfections. But I always knew that I wanted to provide for my kid what I didn't have. But but the word that I knew my wife was the one, uh, I would say t- it happened two twofold. So one time it was when I had just graduated from college. I didn't have any money. Um, I was living off my refund checks, you know, balling at the balling at the bar on the overage checks. But um, funny. So I literally had no money. Um, I couldn't get a job because I was overqualified. Um, so I didn't have any money. So my wife, she was my, just my friend at the time. She, um, paid my rent for a month and she used to buy me like groceries and stuff. So that was number one. Um, we moved in together, um, prematurely. Um, it didn't work out. Um, so we moved out and then I was, you know, doing my thing, you know what I'm saying? And I just like... I had some baddies. Y'all, y'all, y'all remember a couple of them. Couple of them had some baddies, but um, but I'm like, yo, I don't like. Don't nobody give me the same feeling. Kind of to Devin's point, don't nobody give me the same feeling that my woman does. Like she, she kind of challenges me. She, 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 she doesn't let, allow me to do whatever I want. She's not too emotional. She kind of like makes me better. I can learn stuff from her as well as she can learn stuff from me. So I said, this is probably, and she was cool, nice, nice looking. So I'm like, this is somebody I can build my future with. So. Oh, that's you know, oh go ahead, Kurt. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I, I was kind of, I was going to say, it's kind of like a mix. My, my situation is kind of mixed of both of them. Um, you know, we talk about, we, we do talk about all the time. Like, like, I can't believe that some of the girls we used to date <laughs> no offense to nobody out there. Yeah, no, no offense, man. But you know where I'm at now in life, that would never happen with any of my exes. Never, you know. Like I had girls that, you know, I'm a basketball coach, and then I have girls that told me like, "Hey, you got to stop coaching. You got to stop pursuing your dream, or you're going to be with me." Like that has happened, you know. <laughs> um. You know, when I met mine, it's it's like I was already a basketball coach, you know, but she kind of showed me that there's other aspects of life besides basketball because, you know, like my best friend know that I've spent, man, like years and years and years pursuing this dream. And, you know, that's all I wanted to do was just coach basketball and when I met my wife, you know, we, you know, ultimately we, we, we open up businesses, you know, like we open up businesses and we're building like real wealth, you know, and wealth is defined. It's differently for everybody, you know, but I can honestly say, you know, when I get about 40, 50 years old, you know, 
and I keep doing what I'm doing, you know, I, I'm going to be in a situation that nobody in my family has ever been. And that's something that that my kids can see and they can learn. And, you know, I, I'm going to tell my kids, like, you know, because she's the prettiest person in the room doesn't mean that you need to go talk to her. You know, you need to know people at a different level. You know, that, that's something that I learned throughout the course of my life. Big facts. And I've, uh, that you, you're totally, totally right about that, man. Like, and, you know, and as, and sometimes, you know, sometimes people say it's a lot easier to be with someone when you're older. Cause it's like you, I am like when I first met my wife, yeah, it was cool, you know, but it was on a surface level. I am total. I am a hundred percent, a totally different person and different mindset and different values than not, not kind of, not different. I still got pretty good. I've always had pretty good values, but I'm just like a totally different person. And then when you're young, you're not, you're not looking at that. You're just saying, man, she cute. She got potential. Now going back to Coop's point, like you want to get to know that person on a different level. You want to look, say, Hey, what's her brother do? What's her mom do? How's their relationship? How's her sister? You know, you kind of want to get, you kind of want to be analytical to see if you can, if that fits with your life that you want to have, and that's going to constantly change. And that's a struggle that I have right now. Yo, that's great, great, great. You guys all touched on some very, very, very um, interesting points. Very great. Even like the detail, you know, about your marriage. Um, Coop, one of the things that you had mentioned, um, you know, when uh, when you were, you know, speaking about how like how you kind of knew, you know, she was the one for you was building businesses. And um, I think that as a single man today, uh, you know, I feel like the the I guess the platform that everybody kind of sets for dating is it's a very what can you do for me now type of thing. And I don't think a lot of people approach it with. Uh, the partnership mentality of you know building something together this is just my opinion from my experiences as a bachelor out here in los angeles it might be different in the other 49 states uh but in california i feel like a lot of you know guys kind of have the same experience so my next question is actually along the lines of businesses finances so for each of you how do you manage you know like finances um you know kendall you also mentioned something about finances when you had mentioned uh you know like your wife or your girlfriend at the time had held you down when you were going through a rough time so for each of you how do you now in your marriage like you know manage just like the financial um delegations and, and things like that because i'm i was kind of raised on the old school stuff but i'm interested to know like how do actual married couples handle that because nobody really talks about that so I'm interested to see what the you know the three of you have to say about that. Um, I, I could start this one. Um, you know, one of the first things we did was we we read one of um, Dave Ramsey's books, um, "Total Money Makeover," and what we did was we followed. We did it for a while. We don't do it as much anymore. We still do like some steps. Um, we were actually just talking about going back to doing that. But one of the first things we did was to start paying off debt. You know, I had debt. She had debt. Um, 
you know, once we paid it, systematically paid all that off, and we were able to start, you know, an emergency fund and start putting a little bit of money away, um, that kind of started everything for us. Um, now, you know, the, you know, the way things are handled, you know, right now, you know, we're, we're living in a small town in uh, Pennsylvania, you know, I, we rent right now. So typically, you know, I pay the rent, uh, I pay the car notes. She take care of the utilities. Um, anything else that we need, we typically split grocery shopping. Um, combine everything together, you know, it's, you know, her, what she pays and what I pay is about 50 50. Um, so there's not no one person paying way more than the other, you know, I, I, and, and I've heard some horrible stories, man, <laughs> of people going out on dates and, um, the guy paid like twice. So he expects the girl to pay the next time. And, and, you know, that might be a whole different topic right there, you know, but I don't I'll write really that one believe down. in that, you know, <laughs> that's definitely a topic. <laughs> I'm going to write that one down for another, another uh, podcast show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> so I, that, I was that guy. It's not a good. It's us. not a good feeling. I'm sorry. I mean, we we live and learn, bro. You know, so I said we're ain't none of us perfect at all. So, but that you know that that that's how things work for us, you know. And um, she, you know, she she works from home now with her cookie business. And it's, you know, I don't like really see the money that she's bringing in, but she's, you know, you know, what actually pointed at, I talk about like bank accounts. So we both have separate bank accounts, um, but we do have one bank account that a lot of our bills are paid off um, out of, you know, because, you know, one thing that we talked about was, you know, you want to have that freedom almost, you know, like, you know, I don't want her to go. I don't want to be that person that she goes and buys something. I'm like, hey, why did you buy that? You know, because I see it on the bank account, you know. <laughs> so that, we kind of take that out the equation right there. Right. Groove, Dev. Um, so um, we got to a place um, where it made more sense for uh, my wife to do a lot of the managing of the finances. So we have a joint account. Um and then, um, like, she has a separate account. I, I don't have a separate account, so I just operate off the joint account because I'm not buying anything anyway, so it doesn't matter. Um, um, so, basically, you know, we get paid. That goes in there um, or whatever money we get goes into the joint account. Um, and then we're, we're taking care of the bills out of that um, and, and working stuff into savings and, and all those pieces. Um, I mean, it's, 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 it's really that simple but not so simple. Um, for us, um, or at least it's, it's worked, um, this far. Um, and somehow the way, uh, this system has worked is that it is allowing us to, um, kind of cover each other's, um, bad habits in terms of finances. Um, just in how, like, if, um, I'm, I'm not, not necessarily, um, like the, the spender, um, I know my wife can be at times and not in like some crazy way, but, um, we can, we can keep each other, um, on task and I can make sure like, nah, nothing's crazy over there. 
Um, but also like she can push me like, nah, you need to get that, get that stupid. Like it's, we got the money to do that. Let's do it. Um, so, you know, and that's a very basic example, but, um, that that's really how it has worked, um, for us to this point. And I, I would definitely say that, um, for finances, and this is probably one of the biggest thing because, um, it's one of the biggest marriage killers. You got to have an understanding of, 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 of how y- y'all do money and what your debts are and all that stuff before you, before you get to marriage. Um, this Very is a true. business decision to get married. So Very true. know, know, know what you're signing up for and know who you're signing up for and, and you know, what path y'all are trying to go down, uh, to be in a certain place financially. Um, because figuring that out, um, like once you get over that hill of being married is, is when it all starts to unravel. Um, and that's not necessarily from, from my own experience that I think that's from learning from other people, um, hearing stories. Um, but that's important. Un- understand the finances before, you, before you get to wedding rings that nothing else matters. All right. So for me, um, ours is kind of, you know, I, I gotta, I gotta take it back to how it ended up, how it kind of ends up this way. So I was down bad, you know, she looked out for me. And then when we got back together, she was kind of down bad. Like she had just graduated college. Um, she was subbing, she was, um, she was working and she, and this is, this is also what motivates me, um, to want to get, you know, get, um, pursue more finances, financial freedom for my family. She was um, working like at a, a Sam's Club part time. She was working at a warehouse, and I said, "No, I, can, I can't happen. I got to make more money. My wife cannot be working at no warehouse to um, fit the bills." So what had happened was I had kind of started um, taking over um, a lot of the financial responsibilities. Um, she would like pay her like she pay her on phone. She pay her on car insurance. Um, we still do that that way. Um, but something and this is so interesting, Devin. Um, something that kind of got our marriage off to a rocky start was that we got married when we shouldn't have, when we weren't able to really afford to get married. So that kind of already started our marriage out um, rocky. So I, I basically um, got into all types of astronomical amounts of debt. We won't go no, we won't throw a number out there because I really don't even know what it was. But I got into all types of astronaut to pay for basically pay for a marriage, pay for marriage because it came to a point where it was like you supposed to pay for um, the photography, but you didn't have it. So I had to pay for that. Um, I recovered now, clearly, because we got we own a house now. I recovered from that. So um, but yeah, basically to that point, I just started like we'll, we'll split the we split the mortgage. Um, I pay for the utilities. Um, we pay our own phone bills. We need to get a joint account, but um, we've been kind of lazy. And um, like, yeah, we 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 kind of we kind of just split everything. Like, as long as nobody's like doing more than somebody else. Like, she just went out and bought this um five hundred dollar um TV stand that I'm putting together. And you know, I randomly went out and bought a five hundred dollar TV. So, I mean, it's not like we kind of take care of our own finances. As long as my, my thing is, as long as our bills is paid, she buys the groceries too. As long as our bills are paid, then you free to, that's your money. You work for it, you do whatever you want with your money. I, that's the same absolutely. for me. 
absolutely. I agree with that one hundred percent. Yeah, that's 100%. that's uh that's interesting. Like I, I I'm this is all news to me because like I said, I, like I said, I'm not married, but in terms of what I've always been told, it's I'm kind of like Stone Age. So I, I what I do appreciate about what all three of you said is just kind of like the partnership element, and it sounds like you all have you know ambitious wives. I know all your wives are also mothers to your children as well. So it's just you know kind of refreshing to hear that you know. All three of you have a partnership. Um, you know, your wives are not just like kind of sitting at home. You know, they're actually out. You know, not only are they being mothers and, you know, helping you raise children, but they also have their own dreams and visions and pursuits that they're uh, pursuing. So I, I think that a lot of men will really um, benefit from hearing that and, you know, what to look for or, you know, kind of just like when they are. Um, in their situations when they're going around daily and if they are dating someone just kind of like different qualities to um, look for um, so I know all of you are you know like I said all of you are fathers and you probably have things to get to so as much as I want to keep grilling you and picking y'all brains and stuff I'm gonna ask you one more questions and I'm gonna let y'all get back to the to the rug rats to the family um, so is there anything that you do miss about the single life like you know it was you know, we talked about a couple of things, freedoms and freedom and just kind of space. But outside of that, or even if it is that, is there anything else that you, you know, really, really, really miss about being single? Or is it just kind of like marriage? This is where it's at. Yeah. You guys, you want to start a group? You, I mean, <laughs> it's a, it's a besides the obvious, you know, elephant in the room. Uh, besides the obvious, we we all know what it is. Our viewers know what it is. But um, other than that, man, nah, I don't. That occasional urge, nah, I think this is where it's at. Cause that that the single me was, the single me was not it. So I'm a much better person in the marriage and raising the family. So other than that occasional urge you get, um, I don't miss the um single life. I mean, it, <laughs> I guess I add something then. You know, you, you the one thing, the one thing that I miss about single life is <laughs> I'm going to say it and everybody going to laugh and everybody is going to understand what I'm saying. If I put, if I put a cup on a TV stand and I go in the room and I come back and that cup is not on the TV stand because you moved it, <laughs> which is, which is okay. <laughs> Which is okay. At least know where you put it at. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yo, um, um, I would say, uh, and I, I might be a little different um, in this, but um, the one thing I miss is the one thing I didn't take advantage of, and I think that um, when you're when you're single. Um, in many ways, um, that is when you should be selfish with your time and with your life, really, and the direction that you wanted to go in. Um, I don't think that I was selfish enough, if at all, um, when I was single. So that's uh, that's one thing I, I, I definitely um, um, miss, um, in a way. But you, you know what, Dev? You know, this, the thing that you said that, what you just said, our, our situations, we just didn't know. You know That's what true. I mean? Like, we just didn't know. Like, we didn't know that to take advantage of this or take advantage of that and to do this and not to do that, you know. 
Like everybody in my in this group know that I'm from the inner city youngstown. Like, you know, like we didn't have much, you know. So like when I got some freedom in college, like I took I, I you know what I mean? Like we we did us, you know what I mean? It wasn't the smartest at all. But going back to what we talked about before, like I didn't I didn't have that example. Like I didn't have that example, you know, or, or somebody to tell me like, hey, you need to do this in college and write your resume this way you know it took me years to learn how to write a effective resume when i started actually getting phone calls back you know like we just didn't know man you know so our job is now is to teach our kids and teach other people and give them advice so they don't make the same mistakes that we made no listen definitely man that's what i say all the time like you if i mean you really everybody needs a mentor but you like it's not a lot of people that have fathers in their lives that so you need a father figure in your life to uh, a positive, positive figure in your life to um kind of steer you in the right direction. I still do that. One of my one of my coworkers, he's um my my unofficial mentor. I go to him and talk to to him about family and finances and relationships since I don't have that good relationship with my father. But that is important and instrumental in my growth as a person as well. Yo, that's what's up, man. This was very insightful you know um it's interesting me being friends with y'all and you know kind of hearing y'all or you know through us talking hopping on facetime every now and then or through text but it's interesting hearing each of you kind of explain you know different elements of your marriage and what makes it work and you know different things you had to overcome in order to get where you are today so i really appreciate that i'm taking a lot away from it and hopefully any other guys or you know the ladies listening to will as well um i want to say thank you to my guests tonight jermaine cooper kendall lawrence and devin walker three of my great friends they're three great fathers um three career men and i wish you all three very well thank you so much for joining us thank you all for listening uh make sure you visit the website www.thegoodguysguide.com tg3 sports dating and lifestyle you'll find it all there appreciate y'all listening guests appreciate y'all stopping through all right y'all we out peace welcome to the good guys guy podcast i am mark cunningham and today i actually have my first guest we're going to be talking about nate robinson jake paul fight i told you i told you i told you not to come out here look for no slim alma but more importantly we're going to be talking about black athletes are they able to have imperfections in their games are they able to lose without all the criticism and scrutiny that comes with it so without further ado i want to bring in my special guest uh jermaine walker he's a high school coach um we won't disclose the location who has over 10 years coaching experience so jermaine thanks for being with us on this episode how's it going not bad man thanks for having me man yo i appreciate you here I uh, appreciate you being my um I guess this makes you my inaugural guest. You know, so no I'm problem, man. I'm excited about that. How's the season going so far? Uh well, we were rolling. We we kind of got started a little late because of the COVID. Um we had a had a couple had been about 2 weeks in, 3 weeks into the season and then we got shut down. We're shut down until the uh till Christmas break and then they're going to reevaluate and see if we if we resume or they push it back further. All right. 
But okay, best best of luck with that. Uh, is is your family good with it? Like they don't mind you, you know, being out and about with you know so much contact and you know stuff like that. Uh, my family's good. You know, I, I'm following my rules. I'm wearing my mask. I'm I'm socially distancing. You know. Speaking of social distancing, one place that there was no social distancing was this past Saturday at the Staples Center in a fight between Jake Paul and Nate Robinson. I'm, I'm sure you you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> saw that matchup yeah, yeah, little, <laughs> so i'm gonna I'm jump right into it uh first off let me say this nate robinson is a great athlete he played football at uh the university of washington and basketball and he spent time in the nba and i thought he was a decent player but nate robinson gets in the ring and you know the second round he gets knocked out hey oh night 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 so a question for you um as i'm looking at the uh, you know, I'm looking at the reactions on social media. I'm not gonna lie, it was funny. I'm wondering if it's so funny because the person that he got knocked out happened to be a white fighter, or is it just funny that he got knocked out in general? You know what I mean? Like, if it was Adrian Broner or another fighter who KO'd him the exact same way, <laughs> would it still be as funny? I think it was more so even funnier because the dude was a YouTuber. This is a YouTuber <laughs> white dude. I think that's the funny part. That's why it's so funny. <laughs> But what a lot of people don't know about Jake Paul is he actually takes this fighting stuff serious. Like, I, I believe he actually has aspirations to be a boxer and, you know, to fight, to get somebody on the card. So what a lot of people didn't take into consideration is that, like, yo, he's he's been preparing for this. This isn't new to him. You know, this was kind of like new territory for Nate Robinson. Jake Paul definitely spent time training. Nate Robinson thought he was about to go up in there and, excuse my French, whoop that white boy's ass because he was from a black dude from the hood. <laughs> But it ain't like that. <laughs> Fighting boxing is, is is a sport. It's not. You have to train. Like you can't just go out. I just can't go out there and and think I'm gonna hop out there and, and just get on a uh, jam up uh, OBJ or something. Right. That's that's not my forte. It's right. basketball. Right. So we just gotta we we gotta break that stigma of saying just because we're uh, we're black we're the superior athlete. Like just being black ain't good enough no more. You got to put in the work. Yeah, I think that that Jake Paul uh, that that brought a lot of realization to <laughs> Black America that just because you black don't mean you're gonna beat the white boy. I feel like a lot of black athletes put this unnecessary pressure on themselves that like you have to be perfect. I don't think a lot of times certain athletes respect the amount of work other people put in, and, and that's where I really where I really uh, changed my my mind frame and as to saying, hey man. This dude, lace, you know that phrase, he laced up his shoes just like I do. Absolutely. You know, um, movies like White Man Can't, White Man Can't Jump. Oh, like, man, that's, that's a great reference right there. That's another one. Yeah, they, you know, one of the best basketball players I've ever uh, p played against. Uh, it's just, it was this, it was a short, really short white guy. He played just like John Stockton. Right. He was, he was not athletic, but he was tough and he had IQ. And we, he, we thought we was going to, you know, Given the business because he's short and unathletic. Right. But he had a, he had it he had it upstairs. He made up for his lack of athleticism with knowledge of the game. We rely. I would say we rely on athleticism a little too too much. Your average black athlete. Right. That's just athletic, not a student of the game. But I mean, a lot of times you can see it on the court when someone just like you know outworks you. Like I remember what four what six years ago or something when mono ginobili dunked on chris bosh in the nba finals <laughs> and everybody was like damn like typically you don't see white boys 
posterizing black athletes. And so I don't know, man, like Tyson Fury beat up uh, <laughs> Deontay Wilder this year. Uh, Anthony Joshua took that L last year. And now, you know, this happening with Nate Robinson and Jake Paul. Christian McCaffrey's the, you know what I mean, the the premier running back in the league. So, you know, things are changing. And I, I, I just, I guess my whole point that I'm trying to make is I don't think black athletes should put that pressure on themselves. Like, just because they're black that they can't lose. And I know, like, nobody wants to talk about losing, but it's a part of sports. And so if you lose, it shouldn't be, damn, I lost to a white boy or this white dude knocked me out. It should just be like, yo, I lost to the better man that day. He was the better athlete. He was the better man. He got the best of me. You shouldn't feel... You know, like you gotta be like, I, I can't lose to him because he's white. Cause bro, better, bro might just be better than you. Yeah. He might take it more serious than you. Yeah. So that's just what we gotta do, and we can't judge us. We can't judge people for losing. Boy, yep. Man. That's that's what they're trying to turn it into, bro. <laughs> man, but um, uh, yo, Jermaine, I I appreciate your time. Um, like I said, man, you know you got a lot going on, so I appreciate your time. Uh, good luck on the season, and um, Thanks, yo, man. we'll we'll do this again, man. All right, for sure, man. Be safe out there. All right, and for you all listening out there, thank you so much for tuning in. This is the Good Guys Guide. Make sure you subscribe to the website to stay up to date on all the new content we're releasing. www.thegoodguysguide.com. Check it out; you'll like it. Sports, dating, lifestyle content galore. All right, until next time, peace out, y'all.